Pastor Brent says, you want to preach tomorrow? I'm like, ah! Um, that's actually uh, something that's come true. You could say a dream, but it wasn't a dream. It was a nightmare. Because <laughs> three times, three times I've had a dream where I'm somewhere and they say, hey, you're preaching. And I'm like, I'm, I'm what? One time I'm like, I'm not preaching. And they said, yes, you are. And I'm like, can I go home and get my notes? And then I realized I have no notes. In another dream, there was a big stage and they're like, well, you're closing it out. You got, you got a message. And I'm like, I don't have a message. I said, yeah, you do, you're on. And I'm like, find my Bible, find my Bible. And so when he said you're preaching, it's like, ha, oh, this is kind of like one of those dream things come true. But I had 24 hours. Um, however, God didn't let me prepare. I had some note cards that I had taken to meditate on, and that's what we went off of. So, um, I have a message I want to share. And, I, you know, I'm known to speak of the love of God. It's just what I speak of and, and um, what's dear to me. But intertwined with that, because you can't know the love of God if you don't know his voice and you're not hearing his voice. And so today I'm gonna to talk about hearing the voice and following the voice. So before I do, let's just pray. Papa God, you're so good and you're so faithful and you're trustworthy too. You're bigger than me, you're bigger than this place, Lord God. Just, I stand here as a child of yours wanting to convey something you have put in my heart so heavy. Lord, I'm asking that you use this mouth and this tongue to convey your heart, Lord God, the purity of your heart, that I don't, don't taint anything or mess anything up in a way that is not true to who you are in your heart. So God, as I speak about what you're doing and your desire to have conversations with us, may it be from the purity of your heart. And we give this service to you. Open our eyes, open our hearts, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, yeah. Um, as I get ready, I have to just make a joke. Only short people will get this. So when I was in Florida, I saw these wild pants, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get those wild pants. But, you know, usually if you're, sh you're short and you get pants, and those of you who aren't short have never experienced this, you've got to pay a lot of money to get them cut off and hemmed. Um, but if you buy capris, then they're pants on you, and you don't have to cut them off at all. So these are capris women. They should be up here. But they fit me just perfect. So, yeah, isn't that funny? So I know a way around paying to get pants hemmed. So last week, Pentecost, 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 Pentecost. Um, I was sharing at Church of the Gate, which we have some Church of the Gate visitors. Where are you? Oh, right over there. Hey, can we give them a welcome? I, I met them last weekend when I was there, and now they're here. So you might hear some of the same stuff and then some different stuff too. So um, I was sharing last weekend how um, I started attending church in my 20s, but I went 30 years in an evangelical church. 
And we didn't talk about um, Pentecost. I didn't even know what Pentecost was until I became Pentecostal. <laughs> we didn't talk about Pentecost. We didn't talk about praying in tongues. You know, we really didn't even talk about hearing the voice of God. You know, someone might be somebody somewhere, but it wasn't a common thing. And then when I entered the faith movement back in 2011, it was like, whoa, um, all of these things, church, the fiery power of the presence of the Lord has come to earth and lives inside of us. It's like, I don't get it yet, but I want to get it. I, I want to get it. I think it's so big. It's so big. And I'm going to read some, um, some scriptures to you. This is from the Amplified. It's John 16, 7. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter, the counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, and standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I'll send them to you to be in close fellowship with you. Amen. Guys, we're peculiar people. We have a relationship. It is, it's a real, real relationship. It is better than any relationship that you're in in this world. It is more intimate, it is more personal because our God knows us like nobody knows us. He knows every part of your cellular makeup. He knows every thought that you've ever had. He knows every word that's been spoken to you and your reaction. He knows you like nobody else and he has come to dwell to help us in this life. He's come to be our counselor, our counselor our helper, our advocate, our intercessor, our strengthener, our standby. I'm gonna jump back to the word intercessor because I just learned this recently in a teaching Malcolm Smith did. You know, we think, you know, Jesus is intercessing for us. He's, in, you know, and we think he's praying for us. He's praying for us. This was such a cool teaching. We, the problem with that is we can think he's somewhere doing something for us, praying. What it really means is he is actually physically working in our life, interceding for us. Um, I came across a scripture just because I was reading and it says how he came to earth to intercede for us. He literally physically was doing something in intercession. He's interceding with us when he sends people into our path. When we go a different road, that there's an accident on this road, that's Jesus interceding for you. Um, when you can't pay a bill and money comes into you, that was Jesus interceding. He's not distant. He's actually very present, interceding with us. One time I had a dream, and um, I was in this room, and there was a gentleman in a rocking chair with white hair and a white beard, and, and I was sitting across from him, and he said something to me, and I couldn't hear it, so I, I leaned forward, he leans forward, and I go, what? And he said, John 14, and I woke up. And it's like, you know, not all dreams are from God, but I was thinking that was pretty close to being from God because John 14. So if you looked at 
one of my versions of the Bible, John 14 looks like a rainbow. I have so many um, markers and colors and notes and stuff from John 14 because it's like, what do you want to tell me? Well, I want to tell you John 14 is so rich. I mean, it's, it's just so rich. I, I'm only scraping the top of John 14, but here's one of my favorite verses from John 14, verse 26. When the Father sends the spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name and he will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. He, he will teach you all things in my name. I think, I think as a church, God, we need to be, guys, we need to be careful because I think, and, and I'm preaching to myself, we often go, well, where is it? Maybe he's gonna have me do that. See, I have so many things here because I'm not 100% what comes next, but this is it. So often, we go and we feed off someone's teaching. And I, there's nothing wrong. They have, they have things for, for us to glean. But we need to be careful we're not feeding more off of other people's yeah, things than he himself. He himself. This is just something I wrote in 2016, a poem during my quiet time. When someone gives you what you need, then you drink from their well. When they can't give to you the deep need within, then, then you'll drink from the well of him. There's gonna be times in your life nobody's gonna be able to have the answer that you need because they don't know you. They don't know your history, they don't know your fears, they don't know your thoughts. They don't know what you're up against. But there's somebody that does. And he is speaking, speaking, speaking nonstop to us. Here's some scriptures I just want to clarify. We know. John 10, 27 through 28. My sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. Meaning he's talking. And we have the ability to listen. I know them and they follow me. Exodus 33, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one who speaks to his friend. Face to face. John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I've made known to you. All that I've heard, I've made known to you. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me. I hear that as a plea. I hear it as a plea from Papa. Call to me. Call to me and I'll answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you do not know. Which takes me to a person's teaching named Jamie Winship. I want to give you an example of calling to God and he answering things that we would never know. So Jamie Win Winship, Winship, I've just recently been introduced to him. Um, he worked in law enforcement in Metro DC and he, he, it, he drew attention because he could solve things like no one else could solve. Like how do you know that there's a child in a trunk of a car and the car's doing nothing. Why did you pull that car over? Like, what, how do you know these things? And so 
he, so he drew attention and he said back then he really wasn't able to, he would just like, well, God's talking to me. But the CIA wanted to have a conversation with him because it's like, um, I don't know how you do this. And he was very open. Well, I just asked God. Um, and so he went and worked in Afghanistan in very, very dangerous places with God. And I was listening to his teaching. His teaching, he wrote a book called Living Fearlessly, Exchanging the Lives of the World for the Liberating Truth of God. He talks about um, identity, but really what he talks about, guys, is talking to God moment by moment, asking God questions. You know, he said, we're co-creators. Do we, do we believe we're co-creators? I mean, that's a good question. Do we believe it? Because what are we doing to co-create with him? How are we partnering? And that's not a judging. That's just, it's like, huh, how do we co-create? Jamie says, any creative process as a human being always begins with asking a question. And it is stunning how many people don't ask questions in life. They go through life and they don't ask any questions. They just conform to patterns. And if you do not ask a question, and if you do ask a question, when you ask a question, you should wait for an answer or look for an answer. When you ask God a question, you need to pay attention to everything in your day. Nature, conversation, things you're reading in the Bible, everything. When you ask God, he's gonna speak to you in so many ways. But it, he's saying it begins with some questions. Like, God, what are you up to here? God, what are you saying? God, how do you want, you know, is there something I'm co-creating with you? He also says we need to be honest and come to God, and he said every day. He goes, there's things like worry or fret, anxiety, fear. And he says we need to come and just say to God, so God, I'm feeling fear. I'm feeling anxiety. What do you want me to know? And then wait and listen. And he said, God will tell you. But he said, this is the next part. And this is like, oh God, why was I so slow on this part? So he said, we're all called to a life of asking God questions and listening for answers. And when he answers, the challenge can be doing what he said when he answers. Because what he says is, when he tells you to do something, then you need wisdom. And the Bible says, ask for wisdom, it'll be given to us freely. In fact, it says we need wisdom above all other things. But he said, ask for wisdom and ask for courage to do what he said to do. You know, we have the living God inside of us. And we're told we have the mind of Christ. So in reality, we're not lacking any knowledge or anything we need, though we can sometimes feel that. More scripture, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Job 33, 14 through 18. For God speaks again, and again, through pe though people do not recognize it, he speaks in dreams, in visions of the night, when deep sleep falls upon people as they lie in his bed. God is constantly talking.
talking to you personally. You know, there's times, there's one teaching that I just despise. <laughs> it's the teaching of, you know, the people that say, but I'm not hearing God. And I get that. Been there, feel that, still get there at times. But when someone says, well, sometimes we try to justify what we don't understand. So I've heard people say, well, he's just teaching you to listen in a different way. Well, he's just teaching you this, or he's just teaching you that trying to explain why you can't hear from God. But all I have to say is he's a good father. And any earthly father whose child is crying out is not going to be silent. They're not going to walk away and go, well, when they learn how to talk to me in a different way, and, or maybe if I go in the backyard and I whisper, if they learn how to hear me there, no earthly father's like that. If a child's crying out, they're going to answer. So if you're not feeling you hear from God, maybe, maybe it's just you haven't taken your burdens to him yet. Or you haven't asked him any questions. Like, what do you want me to know? You know, when I heard Jamie speak that um, this week, it resonated with me, and I've shared it, I think, in this house before. I do dream a lot, and they're not all from God, but I always, I was in this intense time of, I would have so many dreams. They were almost burdensome. And I was, but I was going to figure them out, by golly. And I remember one morning sitting with him and I was like, what am I supposed to do? I was going over a dream. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And it was like spiritual silence. And I knew right then and there, I'm not asking you the right question. I mean, I could feel the silence. And I said, I'm not asking you the right question. But before I could even formulate that, he then gave me the right question. And it wasn't, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to know? What do you want me to know? And I loved when Jamie said that. That's the question. God, what do you want me to know in these days? What do you want me to know in my life? What do you want me to know this very moment? Jamie said, and his teaching in his life. And I tell you, he, I've only listened to a couple. He has a pretty powerful ministry of helping people uh, learn about their identity and how to hear who they really are and to communicate with God. But he says, after the knowing, then he asks God, what do I do? Because he, he does this in his job, like saving people's lives all the time, um, as well as his family too. I think we need to start asking God, what do you want me to know? And not fall down like he said, easily we can get in the patterns of the world. Too easily we can get in the patterns of the world. We talked about that last um, January when we just worshiped, when we just got rid of all the patterns and we just worshiped. God's having intimate conversations with each one of us because he has secrets and mysteries he wants to show to us. And he will speak through his Bible. Um, he will. And, and um, I'm not discounting the Bible. If you see my Bible, it's rainbow, it's posted, it's sticky note. And um, he speaks through the Bible. But he also wants to speak individually to your heart, your soul, and your mind. Um, and, and I might have talked about this before. And Okay, let's see. I'm thinking of, like, there's Nick who knows Hebrew. So Nick just ignore how I'm going to pronounce all these words, okay? So there's something called, um, and anyone else, um, it, it's 
a rabbinical way of studying the Torah, okay? So they have these layers. They look at the scripture. I mean, this is beautiful. This is beautiful, guys. Listen. So when they study it, they have something called pardes, which would mean the garden or the orchard. But there's four levels of understanding of the word that God shows us. He said the very surface level of his word is just that. It's just surface. It's just the literal direct meaning of what the scripture says. But then there's a little bit deeper, remez. And the remez is just little hints. It's like going, God's going oh, a little deeper. It's allegoric. It's just a little deeper. God's like, oh, I'm going to show you something a little deeper in this. Then the next level is the Duresh. And that's where it's metaphorical. And it's like inquiring and seeking. And then the deepest level of studying the scripture is pronounced either sued or sod. It depends on who you listen to. But that is the secret mystery, the, the esoteric meaning, mystical. It only comes in intimate, confidential moments of revelation between you and Holy Spirit. This Bible has more depth and mystery in it than we'll probably know this side of heaven. So yes, God uses his Bible. Yes, he speaks through his Bible. Again and again, he speaks through his Bible. But God is also wanting to just speak to you in other ways. Some of the ways that I've encountered him speaking is through pictures, like I'll see a picture in my head, a snapshot, dreams, waking me up in the middle of the night, nudging me to grab a pen and scribble something down, songs. Sometimes I'll hear a song playing, but sometimes, like last summer, I sitting on my back patio in my quiet time and I start hearing the song, don't you worry about a thing. He was singing it to me. He was talking to me. Don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing. He'll sing songs to you. He'll speak to you through signs. He's been talking to me and it's an area I have not been following through. But he started 2011 telling me he wanted me to play. Um, and I've struggled with that. And so just the let loose play, I know people think that's odd, but I struggled with that. And one day I was so sick. I'm driving to the doctor's office and he had been talking to me about play again. I'm like, really? Are you really saying play? Because like, I can't even swallow food right now. Like, it doesn't seem like I can play. And as I'm saying to him, really? Are you really saying play? I glance up in downtown Rapid City. You'll see it. Says Rapid City, the playful city. I'm like, okay, playful. Right when I ask the question, I look up and it's playful. Um, he'll use signs. He's used neon signs. He used neon signs. I shared this um, last weekend. Um, when I went to Mayo, my daughter arrived with these sweatshirts that said holiday on them, matching sweatshirts. So I was wearing it when I was at Mayo a few years back and I was on the fifth floor. God and I do numbers. Grace, fifth floor. I was in his grace. And I was looking out this window. It was probably day two or three. I'm wearing my holiday sweatshirt. I'm looking out this window. It's pitch black. And it's like, he said, pay attention. Pay attention. And I look out. 
massive green neon sign said, holiday. And I'm like, holiday, holiday. You know, if you look it up, it's a sacred time when all work ceases. He was saying, it's time for your work to cease, Patty. It's time for it to cease. He will speak through people, and I'm going to give you an example of that in a second. Messages, scripture, nature. He's unlimited in how he's going to speak to you, and he's doing it every moment, guys. It's like, Lord, 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 open our eyes, open our ears, open our heart. Our senses be so in tune to what you're saying because we need him now more than we've ever needed him. This world is running in mass chaos, and sadly, I see Christians doing it too. And I'm like, wait, wait. God has something better, and it's not going to be of the world. I mean, seriously, seriously. Like, Noah building an ark? Can you imagine the questions he had? Like, it's never rained before. What is this big thing? And why are we all going inside? And how are you going to get the animals in here? Like, no, no sense. It, 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 when God asks somebody something and he's doing it, it is not going to make sense to our physical mind. It's just not. So I'm going to give you an example and I say this, and I do not want to offend anybody in this house, but I'm going to share a story um, of, of something that I encountered and then how God redeemed it. And um, so I was at someone's house, and they had me watch a video. And please, if this is how you share Jesus... Do not be offended. I'm just sharing how, what it did to me. She goes, watch this video. I always have a hard time telling this story. Okay. I have a hard time telling this story. So she said, watch this video. It's so cool. Her and I had briefly talked a little bit about evangelism and her, her church is really pushing, get out there, get out there, get out there, get out there. And she was sharing with me how, how intimidated she is and scared. And my first thing was to ask her some questions like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, if you're feeling scared and intimidated, then I would actually say then maybe don't do it. But um, so she's, they're going through this course at their church on how to evangelize. And so she wanted me to see the video of how it's done. <sighs> So don't be offended if you've done this. But it went like this. This young, blonde kid, early 20s. <laughs> I wish I had it just to show you. He was like carefree and happy, bebopping down the street. When a gentleman approaches him with a microphone and said, are you spiritual? And the kid's smiling. He's so happy. He's like, yeah. And the guy goes, well, why would you say that? And the kid goes, <laughs> he was so easy going. He was like, I don't know. I, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's about love. And the guy said, you know, the mic kept going back and forth. Do you believe in God? And he puts the microphone in his face and the kid's like, he has to think about it for a moment, which 
I think is great because he's probably not been churched and so he's like, huh. So he thinks and he's like, yeah, I do. And why would you say that? Well, because I, I think whoever this energy is or whatever this energy is, it's, it's love. It's love. And so then, now that they've established he's not a believing Christian who has said a prayer, they go for him. And they say, have you ever lied? He said, yeah. He's still smiling at this point. He's still just, ah, da, 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 da. And they said, have you lied more than once? And he said, yeah, I'm human. And the guy looks at him and goes, so you're a liar. At this point, I want to shut it off but I'm honoring the person who's showing it to me. Then they go on and they say, you know, he tells them he's a fornicator. He just, he tells them all how wretched he is, how wretched he is, how wretched he is. And then he, you know, the wretched are gonna go to hell for eternity. And do you wanna say a prayer? At this point, he's not smiling anymore. He's got a tear coming down and he's stepping away from them. Oh yeah, he says the prayer. And then they end by saying, get a Bible. Boom, they're done. Eight minutes. You know, I guess it depends on what you think about God, but that wasn't God. That wasn't God. You know, though, when that kid said it's all about love, oh my God gosh. It's like, yes, it is. Yes, it is all about love. Oh, you got it. You got it. And this energy, yep, you're right. And do you know how you know that? Because he's wooing you. And do you know what this, you know, love's name is? His name is Jesus. Like, it was so apparent how to lead him into love instead of fear. See, we're leading people into a fearful relationship instead of a freeing love relationship because we don't trust love. Amen. Bottom line, we don't trust love. We trust fear. We're gonna fear them into the kingdom. We're gonna tell them about hell. We're gonna tell them it's around the corner. It's imminent, it's any minute. And if you die today, you're gonna burn in flames and you need Jesus. I'm looking at the history of Jesus. I'm looking at his love and I'm like, where is he in that? He comes in hope and peace. So I am, I'm wrecked by this. I go to my Bible study and I'm actually weeping because it really bothers me, guys. And um, this is my beautiful Jesus. And how he redeems. And how he saw my heart and he heard me say, oh God, that's just not right. So he sets me up because he's a great setup artist. And I'm out on my front porch on a bench. And I love how he set it up. It's even a time of day I would usually be in tutoring. I don't know if the tutoring student, I don't know why I was out there that time of the day. But also, I just usually just go sit out there with nothing. But I took my Bible out there because he was setting me up. Pretty soon, a young kid in his early 20s comes be bopping down the road. He comes up my driveway. It's not the kid on the video. Oh, oh, I wish it was the kid on the video. But it's not. It's another young kid. He's determined to sell me home security system. Um, and, you know, I, we just started talking. He was a good salesman, but I, pretty, I eventually convinced him I wasn't buying. But we're talking there, and I start asking him questions. 
I'm not thinking about this. I'm just being. I'm just being me. And I ask him how long he's been doing it and where he's from and where he grew up. And I find out that he lives in Texas, but he had lived in Alaska, but his dad was in the um, services, so he had traveled a lot, how his dad had retired, but had to go back to work because his mom is sick with lupus, and she has to travel from Texas to Arizona once a month. I found out how he had had the dream to be a pilot, and the funds drew up, uh, dried up. I found out, basically, that he was a wrestling coach. Um, we just talked, and we talked, and we talked. And in that conversation, Jesus showed up. The Bible was on my lap, and I felt Holy Spirit say, Psalm 139. But I didn't do anything yet. Because I always want to make sure, if I'm going to share scripture with someone, this is from Holy Spirit. Not me. Because too many people use scripture in an inappropriate way. And someone's heart's not even ready for it, and we're shooting scripture at them. And they're not even ready. So I heard it. And I heard it again. Third time I heard it, I'm like, okay. So I said, hey. Meanwhile, he's sitting next to me. It is sweltering out. He's taking his coat off. I'm going and getting a glass of water. And I say, hey, this is a Bible. And I just feel like I heard this particular um, verse. Can I read it to you? He's like, oh, sure, yeah. So I read parts of 139 on how much God thinks about him. Um, and he knows his every step. And he's like, wow. He reaches in his pocket. He takes his phone out. Can I take pictures, he said. I said, sure. Click, click, click. And he goes, you know, every morning I wake up and I work out. I say a prayer. And then I write my goals. He's very early 20s driven. You know, he's got this plan, he's gonna buy a house, he's gonna pay it off. He's just got all this driven plan and he's got all the Western culture <laughs> up in his head. And, um, and um, he goes, I'm gonna start reading this when I say my morning prayer. God opens the door. I said, you know, most of my life I prayed to God before I ever learned that he wants to actually talk back to me. I said, so, I encourage you to start talking to him and asking him questions because he's going to talk back to you. And he's listening to me. And I did something similar to what I just said to you. He's going to talk through signs or people. And, and I gave that list. But when I said, and he, he's even going to talk through people, he looked at me and he goes, like he's talking through you right now. This is a kid that doesn't go to church. This is a kid who's lost in the sense of he's thinking he's got to perform, he's got to get something, he's got to get somewhere, he's got these goals, he's driven, he's driven. He doesn't even like what he does, he confessed that. He said, I don't really like people anymore. <laughs> I said, you know, as a door-to-door -door salesman, I bet it's tough. Um, one of the first things I said to him though, at the very beginning, and maybe why it's, it's, it could be why he felt comfortable to sit down, I said, can I say you're pretty darn amazing? And he looked at me, I said, seriously? There are few people that would go door to door, cold sales, trying to sell something to somebody that they don't want. I said, you're pretty amazing. And this is gonna all prepare you for something in your future. I got to speak out numerous things to him. I said to him, 
you know, what are your gifts and talents? Because he obviously doesn't like the door-to-door. -door. He's doing it to make a living. Um, I go, what are your gifts and talents? And he goes, well, I don't think you can ask anybody what their gifts and talents are. Do you really know? I said, well, you were created by the creator God, and he created you and placed within you gifts and talents. And he said, huh. I said, you know, passion should be what drives your life. And he's like, because huh, he's not feeling any passion for the door-to-door -door right now. And um, we're sitting there and sitting there, and finally I feel Holy Spirit say, bless him. So I say, can I say a blessing over you? I do not really know his background right now, guys. Um, I'm not being intrusive. Uh, I'm just having this conversation. He said, yes, I put my hand on him. I do not know much of what I said because hopefully it was a Holy Spirit prayer, but I do know this. I was asking favor for him as he went door to door. And I was asking God to show him his gifts and talents and the passion that's been placed inside him. When I got done with the prayer, he looked at me and he put his hand on his chest and he said, I have never felt anything like that. I feel it right here. And I said, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Two hours, two hours he sat next to me. A young 20-some-year-old sitting next to someone who could probably be his grandma, Two hours, he didn't want to leave. I kept thinking, is he ever going to leave? Do I need to get him some more water? Like, I, but that's, and I don't, that's not a kudo to me, guys. That was not a kudo to me. That wasn't a kudo to me. That's a kudo to God. That's a kudo to God. He saw how devastated I was. And it was almost like he said, okay, I'm gonna trust you with a, one of my boys then. And I'm even gonna bring him right to you. You don't even have to go looking for him. You don't have to track him down. I'm gonna bring him to you. We need to be listening to God in the little tiny moments of the day. Do I say this scripture? Do I not say this scripture? Do I say a blessing over him? Do I not say a blessing over him? Do I talk to him about speaking to you? Do I not talk to him? You see, we can just go forward with our agenda, but we don't know that person's heart in front of us. We don't know if they've been wounded by religion. And if they have, then we tread softly. We tread very softly. We'll only know that if, if we're listening to Holy Spirit. Before he left, he said, oh, you're gonna like this. His name was JP. I said, what? This is so cute. My sister's a Christian. <laughs> and I went, well, that's cool. And he said, yeah. She has three kids and she's going to adopt three more. And as he left, I thought, wow. Was I maybe an answer to his sister's prayer? And I know that if I wanted my son approached on the streets, I don't want the guy with the microphone going up to my son. Please, my son doesn't need someone with the microphone going up to him. He needs someone who's just going to ask him about his life and bless him. It is so imperative to be listening. God's looking for people that are listening, 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 because he has things he wants to do and things he wants to say. And he's like, are you going to listen? And are you going to listen? Are you going to listen with my heart?
Are you going to listen with my heart? Are you going to listen with my heart? Now I'm going to let Matt cue up a, a video. Um, and actually, the little video we're going to play, it, it's a video, but Deb Whitehead had an excellent suggestion. Um, so I want you to watch this video, and then I'll tell you more of the story behind it. Is it working? I was in Alaska doing a lawsuit. Oh, okay. We're so close your eyes. So I want you to let God speak to your head and your heart. And just, just close your eyes and take in this story.
the, the, the video started out with the obey, the obey, the obey, but I want to remind you what obedience really is. Obedience is just an intertwined heart that beats as one with him and just follows. It, it's not the, the strict obedience that we think. It's, it's, a, it's a hearing him. It's a being in love with him. John 14, 15 says, loving me empowers you to obey my voice. You could say it, loving me empowers you to follow my voice. Then in, later, he says it twice in John 14, John 14, 22, again, loving me empowers you to obey my word. Loving me, loving me. There's an author who wrote um, the book, It Is Finished, and she says, understanding that obedience is a heart that responds yes to all God says, even without understanding it, is a game changer. She went to Google, in Google Translate, she entered the English word obey to get the Hebrew translation, and the word abide came up. He's just asking us to abide. Just listen to my voice. Just listen to my voice. If you are hearing me right now and you don't feel that you hear his voice, ask him. Say, Lord God, I want my eyes opened up. I've said this prayer so much. Lord, open my eyes that I see. Unplug my ears that I hear. Wash my heart so that I know God. Again and again and again I say this. I've been saying it to him for years. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. I want to hear. And I still am asking for more of it. He's our lifeline, and he is giving us directions. You know, when Jamie said, ask him questions, and then what do you do? And then the courage to do it. I'm gonna give you an example of that, but before I do that, this is just a little testimony here. I just filled a suitcase up with some of my journals. I know some of you don't journal, and I'm going to say it as strongly encouraging as I can. Get a notebook. Get a spiral book. God of the universe is talking to you. Honor what he says and write it down. This is my history, just some of it. This is probably my journals from, well, I don't know, it's random, but there's some 17 and 18 and 19 journals there. There's some more recent ones. I just opened up my cupboard and started putting in my suitcase. Just as a testimony of when you sit down alone with God and you ask him questions, he's going to start talking to you. Sometimes I look in those journals and it's like, God, I'm still learning that same lesson. Shame would creep in, but Jesus doesn't allow shame in. There's still some lessons I've been learning all these years. I am still learning. But there's something to be said of giving him airspace to talk to you. Teach me how to see you, God. Where are you in this day? As Jamie said, but then your part is to be aware. If you ask him a question, be aware. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of what conversations are coming to you. 
be aware of what songs are coming to you. I was uh, asked to speak at the National Day of Prayer some years ago, and um, I was thinking of like, oh, am I gonna share with them the story of one, two, three, God, how you told me that it's all supposed to be as easy as one, two, three, and you know, he kept giving me one, two, three, and one, two, three, and one, two, three, and one, two, three, and you know, how complicated we make this, and, and um, a year after him saying one, two, three, one, two, three, and I didn't know what it meant, one morning I'm like, I don't know what that means, God, as I'm sitting there in my quiet time in my journal. And all of a sudden I hear the song, the Michael Jackson song, ABC, as simple as one, two, three. Well, if you look up the scripture and, and or the, the lyrics, and I've shared this before, it talks about the roots of love. Ephesians three <laughs> talks about the roots of love and all this head knowledge, yeah, you need the roots of love. So he, he, he sang that song to me one morning. So one day I'm out shopping, I'm looking for shoes because I'm gonna speak, I needed shoes. And, uh, which is kind of silly, because I really don't need shoes, do I? But this was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm at home here. But um, I'm in the store and I'm pondering, God, should I share that story? You know, should I share that story about one, two, three? Will they get it? And all of a sudden, what song starts playing over the intercom? And I'm not kidding you. Michael Jackson's ABC. Guys, when you ask him questions and you start learning how to talk with him and receive, you're going to find he's talking everywhere, everywhere. And the world needs a people that are hearing God. They need a people that are hearing God. Um, you know, Sean talked about his playlist. Um, what God has had me do, well... This is just one, this is like my playlist. Sean has the music playlist because he's so musical. When I started prior to, um, in the middle of my healing journey that I was going through, he gave me some very strong specific words, just kind of like, you know, if you're stepping out of the boat, strong words like, keep your eyes on Jesus, don't look at the storm, strong words. Very strong ones and I got to a point where like Sean said he would listen to his playlist over and over, I gathered those out of my journals, my sticky notes, my post-its, my index cards, all the stuff that I have, and I started putting them in here. And just like he listened to his playlist, I would open this book up, and I'd say, you said, you said, I might not see, but you said, you said, you know, Faith isn't in the knowing. It shows up in the not knowing. Faith is daring the soul to go beyond what your eyes can see. So I'm a little weepy because God started telling me something. And I'm like, God, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? I'm like a Gideon. And he has no problems with me being a good. You know what? He has no problems with us saying, could you confirm that? Could you tell me that again? I think we're afraid to do that. Well, I think some of us are afraid to ask a question. But then to say, yeah, I think he, he understands we, we are honoring to him. Like, I want to make sure that's from you. And I'm not out in left field. So um, he was telling me something. And I was in the, I was going to the women's retreat the beginning of um, May. It was Church at the Gates Women Retreat. And I'm in the car, and seriously, Jan Jeans, my dear friend and roommate, I said to her, I've asked God to tell me what that word means in the actual, 
living out. Like, I heard a word from him, but like, so I guess I didn't know what I was doing. It's what Jamie would say, well, this is, you've told me what I need to know. What does this mean? What does it look like? How do I do it? So I get to the women's retreat and it's like, God, it's so Boom, 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 boom. People who don't know me from Adam giving me prophetic words. And it's like, oh, it's, whoa, you're answering that question like just straight on. And then we ended with that video, which was God sealing it, saying, listen to the voice. Listen to the voice. Even when you can't see. You know, Abraham was called into a new land and he didn't know where he was going, but he went. So I'm here to say what God was telling me that I said, I want to know for sure because this doesn't make sense. Um, he's asking me to step away from destiny for a while. I say for a while because that's my words. <laughs> he didn't say that part, I did. He just said, I want you to step away. And I'm crying because I love you all so much. But I know that I heard the voice and I don't know what the voice is like. I don't know, but I know I heard it. And there's this little poem he gave me a couple months ago. He said, let go, little one. <laughs> let go, little one. Open your fist. Give me your hand and release your grip. <laughs> See, I like to know what's going to happen and how things go. Destiny's my family. It's been my family. It'll always be my family. It's my house of choice. It's my passion. Um, but there's something he wants to show me and he wants me to step out to see it and he's inviting me and now I have to pray for the courage to do it. Two summers ago, he told me as I was staring at the sky and the stars and marveling at how beautiful he was and just being blown away by him, he said to me, you're not linear. And I'm like, I'm not linear. Like, what is that even? So when I Googled, and I think I've shared this before, if you Google the picture linear, it's just a straight line. He says, you're not linear. So if you Google nonlinear, the picture he chose to pull up to show me was the Christian fish. That was the example of nonlinear, like the Christian symbol fish. It's like God's saying to us, hey, you guys are not linear. Stop trying to live the linear life. Stop trying to have your patterns, your programs, your formulas, thinking you start here and you get there. I start at A, I get to Z. Will you walk on water with me? The disciples were anything but linear. Their life was non-linear day to day. They had no clue where Jesus was taking them, what he was doing. They had no idea, but they followed him. I have no idea where God's taking really don't. It would be so easy if I said, because I've been asked, are you planting a church? I'm like, I hope not. <laughs> I'm like, I, uh, but I did say to God, you can change my mind. Um, like, are you moving? I don't think so. He took me and showed me a picture a couple weeks ago, and it's this wooden staircase, and I'm going up a wooden staircase, and all I have is a torch. And all I can see is one step at a time, and I can go up one step, 
and then I have light for the next step. And that's where he's got me. He's like, do you trust me for the next step? Do you trust me for the next step? And it dawned on me just recently, like in the last week, it's like, oh my goodness, you're not even letting me go up a linear stairwell. You've got me on a stairwell that I can't see very far. What's he up to? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe it's the JPs in the world. Could be the Sarahs, my neighbor who will never step foot in a church because of the wounds she has from Christianity. Could be the ones that have been kicked out of church. I don't know. But faith isn't in the knowing. Faith is just believing you hear the voice and I've got history. I've got history. So, I had asked Pastor Sean if I could be the one to tell you um, because I, I want you to know that I am in love with destiny. I have no ill for destiny. This is my house. This is my home. I adore you. And I do believe that you are the gem, the jewel in the royal diadem. And I believe God's doing mighty things. And part of me is like, God, can't I be a part of it? Can't I be a part of it? I don't understand, but what I do know, like that video, you just follow the voice. You just follow the voice. So I love you, Destiny. And I am here through the month. We've got a big trip planned. I'm so excited. We're going to go down to Denver. Um, I do love you. I love you. I love you. I encourage you to follow the voice. Follow the voice. Get a journal if you don't have a journal. Say to God, show me the different ways you're speaking because the world needs to hear Jesus through you. So I love you and I bless you. <laughs>